Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. Are you ready to get into the Word? Let's do it again. We're continuing with our series of the Family Bible Revolution, and of course the subtitle is An End Time Message for His Generational Blessing. In our last broadcast, we were talking about the abomination of desolation as spoken of by the prophet Daniel. We talked about what is the abomination of desolation. There are several meanings, however, the most important one. It's the Antichrist, one world leader, who enters the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and declares he is God. Reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says in verse 3, Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy comes first unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. And the man of lawlessness and sin is revealed, who is the son of doom of perdition. And that's referring to the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worshipped, even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version here. Do you not recollect that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifested or revealed in his own appointed time. For the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority, is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. And that is the referral to us and the rapture of the church, where we're caught up to be with the Lord in the air. Verse 8, And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. And as we mentioned yesterday, this particular event takes place three and a half years into the tribulation. This means that those who feared the Lord, their days have been shortened, and they were caught up in the rapture three and a half years prior. They are not on the earth during these terrible times. Thank God for that. This prophecy is written about those who missed the rapture and are living on earth during the tribulation. Let's read Matthew chapter 24, verses 16 through 42. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days 
and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. That's referring to the rapture. Verse 23, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is Christ, or there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. Let's continue reading in verse 26. Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he's in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When this branch has already come tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer's near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also would the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. And verse 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Well, we may not know the day or the hour, but I believe we know the season. Okay, let's pay attention. Now we're about to read a very important prophetic word. In Matthew 24, the very next verse, verses 43 through 47, it says, But know this, he's speaking to us, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. And aren't we given a message about being ready for the coming of the Lord, preparing ourselves for his coming? Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Did you get that? Did you see that? Did you hear what we just read? He's talking about the master of the house as the one who's responsible. The master of the house is the one who should be watching. The master of the house is the security. The master of the house is the one who should be ready. The master of the house should be the faithful and wise servant of the Lord. He declares the master of the house is the ruler, 
The master of the house is the authority. The master of the house is the one who feeds. And the master of the house is the one who is doing. And Matthew chapter 24, verses 48 through 51. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour when he's not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, my. The master of the servant is holding the master of the house responsible. If the master of the house does not take his position and fulfill his call, the master of that servant will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. The master of that house is called an evil servant. What happened? The master of the house did not know what time it was, and he became lazy, slothful, violent, and drunk. The house was not protected. And he lost everything. In other words, the landmark boundaries were moved, and the family lost its prosperity and inheritance. Do we see this happening today? Yes, everywhere. Just look at the sports fields filled with children and parents on Sunday. The master of the house has decided the Sabbath has no value and would rather feed his family sports than the Word of God. There isn't any worship toward God on Sunday or any other day of the week for that matter, what will be the outcome? Well, you ready for this? It will be orphans on their way to hell by the masses because the masters of the households have moved the landmarks. The landmarks of the word of God. Their wives, their children, and anyone else within their home have no knowledge, no teaching, and have not been discipled on who their father God is. Luke quotes the same text as Matthew, but adds a few additional words. He says in chapter 12, verses 46 through 47, The master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. My goodness gracious, that's a New Testament scripture. Again, let's read Psalm 78, 5 through 8. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Now, I have mentioned this as a law in Israel, and it was. But this was all established as a work of faith through Abraham many, many years earlier. This is not a work of self-righteousness. This is a work of faith. We're now under grace and not under the law, but we must understand that the law is right. It's the same with tithing. Oh, tithing didn't start with the law. No, tithing started as a work of faith and honor to God, and it still is. Tithing is right, and it's an honorable thing. And so is fathers commanding their children and their households in the ways of the Lord. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 6, 4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. We have spent a considerable amount of time in establishing the vision for what I call the family Bible revolution. 
also an end-time message for his generational blessing. You see, there are five essentials for the Family Bible Revolution, and we've established the vision by looking at the prophetic words of both the Old and the New Testament. The most prominent prophetic words that we need to pay attention to are in Malachi and Luke about the coming revival of fathers being returned to their children and children to their fathers. I believe this is what I call the Family Bible Revolution. It started with Abraham, and he's won the nations unto the Lord by commanding his children and household in the ways of the Lord. And there are five biblical essentials to the Family Bible Revolution, which we will start tomorrow. First being family worship, second authority, third appointed and anointed, fourth generational, and fifth church worship. I can't wait, so stay tuned and we'll learn how to prepare ye the way of the Lord. Well, that's all the time we have today, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution an end-time message for his generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.